welcome to a new episode of Disruption Land. I am Hannes Sapiens-Sjöblad, Chief Disruption Officer at Epicenter, the innovation hub in Stockholm, Helsinki, Oslo, and all over the world. I am your host today. The Disruption Land pod aims to understand the massive forces that are moving under the surface and are in the process of transforming the world as we know it. We're looking at the technologies that are accelerating, but perhaps not yet fully on our radar. And we want to know how we can turn the ongoing transformation into opportunities. One paradigm that is of particular interest to us is how different technologies converge into the places we used to call shops, or in business terms, the retail experience. How the shift in back in the 1950s from over-the-counter service to self-service department stores was nothing compared to the current shift that we're right in the middle of. Therefore, it is with great pleasure I want to introduce you to a person who is both a thinker and a doer in this space. Welcome, Fredrik Lundin, who is heading an innovative, integrated tech retail initiative called Storelens. Fredrik, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Hannes. Uh, fantastic to, to be here. Uh, just love your title, Chief Disruption Officer. That's great. Well, we're doing our best here at the Epicenter to understand what disruption is and also how to navigate it in order not to, to stumble upon it, right? And, um, but uh, today we're here to, uh, to understand a bit more about the stuff that you are driving, Fredrik, and how you potentially are disrupting things around you. And in order to understand that, I'd love to hear a little bit about yourself first for our listeners. Uh, what's your uh, professional journey and uh, what took you to where you are today? Uh, thank you, Hannes. Thank you for having me here. Uh, fantastic to, to be able to give you some explanation about w what I'm doing, a um, little bit of who I am. And, you know, uh, I love your introduction with thinker and doer. And I think that I have gone from a thinker to more a doer uh, during the last years. Uh, I kind of started on KTH, maybe you know it, it's in Swedish, uh, uh, and that, that's the school. And then in the, in the you know, end of the uh, 90s, I started over that telecom operator, uh, Telia. Uh, Well-known places, <laughs> both of these, for <laughs> Swedish uh, for sw for business operators, Ex indeed, yep. Exactly. And then in the beginning of the uh, year uh, 2000, uh, I started at the, the retailer H&M. And that was, a, of course, a fantastic journey. When I started, it was like we were in 14 countries, had around 500 stores. And now H&M are in, I don't really know, 70 plus countries with, with uh, 6,000 stores. So it's a huge expansion that has been going on in, in that. And mainly... Uh, during the uh, the first 10 years, it was mainly with the physical stores. Right. I mean, H&M is a fantastic growth story. So you have been inside that ship all through this amazing development. What was, in what position, what role started, did you start? A fantastic journey. You know, I started at the IT department. When I started at the IT department at H&M, we were like 25 people, year 2000. Uh, and it was like, okay, we need to roll this out. We want to scale. We, we want to expand uh, the, the company. So what we need to do at the IT was to prepare the tech for, for that scale up. So that Email addresses for everyone. That's <laughs>
started there early 2000. With, with Razor Fish were sitting there and it was a little bit like, what are you guys doing? And we were preparing, but that, that was more like a copy of the physical catalog. Okay, you can place your orders here. That's how that started with, with Ecom. But Ecom was pretty, pretty small in the beginning of 2000. So we were mainly focusing on the store expansion and the count, new counter expansion. But you will, you will probably, uh, or, or we, we, yeah, all companies reach a level when, okay, maybe there are not that many more countries. And uh, so you need to do other things. But, but anyway, back, back to wh what I was doing. I was do working at the IT department then. And I actually worked for the IT department there for 15 years. That's all right. <laughs> through a, an interesting yeah. number of transformations, yeah, I'm it's, sure. It's, it's, a, it's a long time. It's a number of transformation is, you know, it, what a much about relations also with, with different people and different countries and different cultures. So what started as thinker and processes and thoughts actually uh, carried out to be more about relations and doing things. But that was what, I'm, what I did in, in the IT department. I had a different roles there, you know, um, technical infrastructure, uh, application development, and, and everything. So I pretty much had all the roles you can have within an IT department during those 15 years. But then uh, f five, five, six years ago, I uh, moved on to another department there uh, called Business Development Group. Interesting. What's, what was the reason for this move, Fredrik? Um, that maybe you have to ask somebody else, but... Oh, they <laughs> kicked you in that direction. <laughs> maybe I was kicked in that direction. That, that's a good good explanation, probably. But what, what, I, what actually, uh, what, what has driven me, me all the time is uh, to develop things, uh, creating things. So I think it might have been easier for me to create things if I worked at the business development. And I also that in the start, I got a fancy title almost as great as yours but th this was uh, head of innovation fantastic that's and pretty you, cool and you know i didn't know what that was it's uh, tough to live up to in uh, a billion yeah. dollar business exactly mm -hmm. exactly super hard and i can tell you that it was uh, th but that's also th those challenges take take me in other directions i will come back a little bit to that but but the, you know um, that that was the same i started a little bit in the you know, when an area is new, you, you want to know what uh, processes and methods and things like that. And that that started with design thinking and all those things and getting people on board. But that really didn't do it. So mm -hmm. I wanted to start doing things again. Mm -hmm. So so that what what happened in, in that role also. But that's also something that you probably will notice if you have been working in, in, in a huge corporation and you try to innovate or Maybe, maybe even disrupt things. Uh, you can meet uh, an immune system. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely a classic observation. So uh, entrepreneurs, they uh, uh, have a lot of room, but very little resources. Like uh, if you're high in space, but if you're an entrepreneur in a large organization, you may have a lot of resources, but it's also a lot heavier around you. Like if, if you're diving down, into the ocean and uh, the pressure on you to to move and change direction is is a lot harder 
Agree, agree. So this is um, this is uh, um, amazing uh, to 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 try to do all the things you want to do wi- without resources uh, in a way. So what what actually happened then? Like three years ago, mm-hmm. you wanted to have the the background a little bit. Three years ago, I I kind of um, started to think and then do do things outside the context that can gain the full group. So one of the initiative I'm working with right now then, and that was started two, two years ago, something like that, is the Storlands initiative. Fascinating. We'll come back specifically mm-hmm. to Storlands because I think it's a fascinating illustration of where you can use multiple technologies to, to transform a, an experience uh, fundamentally. But I want to understand first, we need to set the frame a little bit, Fredrik. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've spent a uh, large part of your life in, in the retail industry. Yes. What would you say are the main challenges for the retail industry, for retail businesses in the 2020s? The personalization mm-hmm. and the sustainability area. Mm-hmm. Can you double click on, on each of these a little bit in turn? Absolutely, but, but I think maybe, maybe I must start with the, the pandemic and the COVID situation because in a way uh, the last uh, one and a half years uh, those things like personalization, uh, sustainable thinking has been, um, how do you say, catalyzed mm. by the pandemic of COVID. So what has happened is that the things that we might uh, believe would take a little bit longer time suddenly arise and become very critical now, here and now. And uh, especially when it comes to the physical stores then, because um, you, you you needed to close down a lot of stores and then you also have people that don't dare to go to stores because they don't want to get COVID by standing next to another person that maybe had the COVID mm-hmm. uh, and they don't want to uh, kind of uh, touch the same uh, things, hardwares that, that other has touched before. So a lot of things started to happen mm-hmm. and was catalyzed very fast. Would so you say you were somewhat prepared for this shift? I mean, you had designs and ideas set up that you were able to launch to, to mitigate the effects of the pandemic? Mm, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a big, big word, but uh, pre- uh, prepared in a way. We were, we were prepared for the future because we were working in the innovation area as such. So what we had figured out a couple of years before was that uh, we actually need to to focus more on the physical store mm-hmm. to bring the intelligence uh, back to the physical store. So that was something we have had had started on uh, before. So I think that that is that was one thing that we were prepared on. So so if the the physical and the digital or, or the personalization of the store was one thing. Uh, we we had started and and when it comes to the other one the sustainable and mm. kind of new business model we were a little bit prepared in that area also because that that's also a challenge for for the retailers because customers wants new business models and customers wants to kind of okay you have to help me to repair my clothes you have to help me to res- resell my my clothes upgrade my clothes a lot of those things uh, were, were coming up, and and of course uh, <coughs> also also the thing of um, there is not endless of material out there, so you need to how can you reuse old clothes 
and old packaging material, for example. So these were things that we have started to, to work on, but I think uh, we have a long journey to go, but these are challenges for, for the retail industry. Absolutely, in many ways. And uh, I think it's awesome that a lot of large players are taking on the responsibility of having sustainable value chains. I mean, there's really no other option for us. Yes, it it's hurts to change, but there is uh, not a lot. There's no uh, alternative over time to changing to these business models. So I appreciate the work you're absolutely putting into this. Now, um, yeah, so the mm. pandemic accelerated what you were doing in some way and also added a completely new challenge, namely that you had to find customers in new ways because they were no longer walking into the stores. So, uh, Fredrik, the, um, this podcast is ultimately about how tech transforms industries. And what are the new technologies that excite you? Please explain why. Thank you. Uh, I think uh, I'll try. I'll try. Uh, I know I'm sitting here with you, the professor of technology. So, so le 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 let me try to to see what what I I'm absolutely fascinating. But of the things you are doing with the human body and tech, I think that's something. But that that's uh, maybe more you. A couple of years ago, we we uh, and and I worked a lot with the avatars, and we, or I maybe uh, thought that was. Um, really a thing that would come mm. and we we started on you know let the avatar go shop for you you have your uh, uh, kind of mini me who who is sent out in the digital world to to do the shopping and and everything like that can you explain this concept of avatar a little bit further because it's fascinating so you mean sending uh, on the web uh, sort of a, a mini version of myself who exactly. knows my preferences and who, who knows, knows how much I can pay for and stuff. Uh, and are in your size. So you can dress the avatar so you can see how it would look on you. So that was the, the idea. But this is a couple of years ago. And I thought that this will happen much faster. And it still hasn't happened. So and why so hasn't it happened? It's still a fascinating concept for sure. F fantastic, fascinating. But I think it was... It w was a little bit too early. Uh, it's uh, it's a still a little bit tricky, and it w what we tried in the beginning was to do those avatar very alike yourself, but it's hard to to really make them alike yourself. So you you need maybe to take another turn to uh, make them not uh, exactly looking you, but 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 you having the same me measurement right it's like the that. measures that matter i guess Ex exactly and i guess also how much they can pay <laughs> e exactly so, so so i was uh, but that was it it took didn't took off really i think i think it will but anyway i think instead of that um, we moved a little bit closer to to the to the you were talking about the different technique so we moved closer to the to the to the blockchain technology i think that can actually be something uh, happening a little bit faster still a complicated uh, uh, area but imagine if you can um, kind of do um, uh, uh, that if every uh, uh, product or clothes in this case could have a unique id 
and be logged on a blockchain ledger type thing and you would know the history of that particular item. Exactly, exactly. So, so what we're thinking about is, you know, internet movie database, for example. You have that. All the movies are there and you know who made the movie, who was the producer, who was the uh, uh, actors and everything. Imagine if you could have that for fashion, mm. an international fashion database. Mm. That would be very interesting. It would be fantastic. See. And then you could always go in there and see what's connected to each other and exactly. other creative works by exactly. some individual. Fascinating concept. Exactly. What happened to that? Uh, it's still in the, in, the, in the kind of brain. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you but want to put it out. You want to start with it. Because I think that's uh, actually a good thing for the, for the fashion industry or other industries also, of course. But imagine if you could scan uh, clothes that you are looking at and you connect to this uh, database of, of fashion and you can see who was the designer of these clothes. Right, and, and who are the cool people who have been wearing this particular piece? And maybe exactly. it's 2018 fashion now and then uh, I would not be want to be wearing it at time point X, whatever. E exactly, uh, so, so it would both make uh, the, the clothes last longer. Because you will have a history of the clothes, but you will also kind of see what else clothes has this designer been doing. Mm -hmm. And then you can explore different designers. So this is very interesting, I think. So, so the, the blockchain technology in this area, there is something that will happen. And I would would really love to see an international fashion database. It's a fascinating concept. So listen up, entrepreneurs out there. Here's a, one of the first ideas you're getting tonight from Fredrik. Um, fascinating. So uh, avatars, uh, meaning modeling people using blockchain. Is there What other technologies do you find interesting? I, I think another thing is these with wearables. The wearables technology has been around for a while now. Uh, when we start to look at that, it was too clumsy, too big things. But if you really can um, can can sew it in the clothes, for example, much uh, so it don't, don't look so clumsy. It's a part of the clothes. Then you can start to connect your clothes to a platform, mm -hmm. meaning that the retailers will go move in the direction to be. Uh, connected platforms. Example, I, I think if, if you take a, an apartment or a house, for example, in just, I thought it would have come earlier, but, but right now, soon it will come like people, when you buy a new apartment, you will ask, what kind of tech platform do you have here? That, that, that's pretty. Is this a Windows Home or is it the <laughs> Apple Home or whatever? I see what you're saying. Yeah, Google based. Yeah. Ex exactly. Mm -hmm. Is it Google, Google Home, Apple Home, mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. whatever home mm -hmm. is this? So what I'm talking about there is that you as a retailer want to create your platform, your digital platform. And I think Nike, for example, they have started on that journey because that's also a way to personalize and create more experience for for the customers of, of that specific brand. It is also a way for the brand to start to connect. If you want to build 
talk about emotional bond often. If you want to start to build and connect with your customers, that, that can be a thing to, to connect with. I, imagine if you built in variables in, in your shoes, you will see how you go, how you walk, and you, you uh, built in variables in, in your T-shirt or uh, jacket or something, you will feel different things. So, so that's a connected platform for, for fashion or retailers. And I think maybe a couple of brands can join on the platform because that's also one thing that, that I believe in, joining forces. Mm. Because if you want to talk about expansion, you cannot expand yourself. You need to join others. And this is fascinating, Fredrik, because all the things you mentioned, I think if you have a common denominator, it's all about connectivity. So connecting uh, people, connecting devices, connecting systems, connecting fashion design. And this is what the, the current paradigm enables. We have distributed sensors. We have big data systems. We soon have 5G. We can stream things in all directions. And this connectivity then uh, gives us the opportunity to have data feeds from everything. How often is this uh, shoes uh, worn? How often is this shirt being washed, etc.? And all this data can improve decision systems, improve how we manage resources. So... Uh, Yes, this is the paradigm that we operate in, and it's it's so fantastic. You have so much opportunities right now, right there, and I think may, maybe you won't ask me about it, but I, I want to tell you about it because what, what you guys are doing here at Epicenter, when you created the Epicenter store, that's amazing. Tell uh, tell us a little bit about Epicenter store. It's yeah, a, it's a section here at Epicenter Stockholm where we have collected retail initiatives. Uh, and you are one of the parties who, are, who is active there. Absolutely, I'm. A, I'm, I'm a partner. I'm a sponsor. Uh, anyway, sponsor with, with my my mind and my whatever I do. So so that's that's for sure. And I think uh, the importance is that if you if you just have a, an innovative house or something, it's a little bit too general maybe for a specific area. So the idea of Epicenter Store is to take the physical store mi- mainly to see, okay, uh, who are the retailers that have challenges with the physical stores? There's a couple out there. I I imagine all of them, right? (laughs) Yeah, more or less all (laughs) of them. So they have challenges. So so we want to invite them. And we also want to invite those startups that are building new functions that can uh, 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 support the journey of those retailers. But we also bring in the large tech companies that also are a little bit frustrated in what they should help the retailers with. Mm -hmm. So on this dance floor, we connect uh, those retailers with their uh, challenges like, okay, store format, store marketplace, store services. They always have more or less the same challenges. They come there and then the big tech companies come there because they want to help those retailers with, with this. But then we have those startups with, with functions and functions in area to, okay, how to attract customers to come to the physical store. And meanwhile, you are in the physical store. What, what functions do you need there? So uh, uh, startup in that area. And then in uh, creating a, a longer relationship from after when you have left the store. So those, so that's that's the 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 thing with with Epicenter Store, and I was on it before because if you want to expand your business, 
you need to join forces with others. Mm, mm, uh, mm. You can join, different retailers can join, they can join with those startups, they can join. It can be vertical, horizontal, exactly. three-dimensional, but exactly. yes. You will find so mm. much, uh, if, if you want to talk about revenue streams, you will find them. You want to talk about new functions, you will find them. And new functions will often lead to new revenue streams, of course. So that's the idea of I love the image of a dance floor. I think that well, people are running around, there's good music, there's drinks. You don't know who you're going to bump into next. No. That, but it's a pretty good setup. Um, so coming to the point, mm? the specifically opportunities you see in this space, what, what do you envision? What, what are sort of the underserved opportunities uh, in this space right now? Uh, very uh, clear uh, um, uh, is that we, we have a couple of retailers coming there with their different future store initiative. They call it, they have different names for it. It can be a, a future store or a, um, a relevant store or something like that. But they all more or less uh, talk about the same things and they have the challenge to to get people to the store and when they are in store giving giving them the right service and experience so they come there and and what epicenter stores can help them with is okay if you have that uh, project ongoing you want to map different functions in order to support and then we we bring in those startup with their functions to map map to uh, to their vision uh, picture and start set up a journey together with the startups mm. for for that retailer. Amazing, yeah. The way it has to be done, I guess. You need to to combine those forces, uh, the corporates with the big muscles, the big distribution, and then the innovative idea builders uh, who 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 do stuff. Exactly. I I uh, okay. This is maybe not. Um, totally correct to say what I'm saying now, but I'm saying it anyway because there was a studio at Fridemsplan called Sharon Studio. It was in the music industry. If the artist went there, they kind of know that they will get the hit. Yep. If the, re uh, if the, the startups comes to Epicenter Store, they will get the hit together with the retailers. That's, That's pretty amazing. So let's see how that happens. Yeah. I agree with you from the stuff I see down in uh, Epicenter Store. There are some very magic things cooking. So uh, you people out there, when you're ready to come visit us live, uh, please do check it out. Anyway, I want to continue a little bit, Fredrik, and get specific. Yeah. Because uh, we mentioned earlier uh, that you are working on uh, an initiative called Storelands. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about Storelands? What, what do you guys do? What are you about? Absolutely. Uh, Storland started off like two, two and a half year ago. And we started in the area, uh, now a little getting a little bit more into retail, but it started off in the area about dynamic pricing. You want to be able to uh, act on products in your physical store that is not spinning, that is not selling. You want to do something with it. So that was the idea from, from the start. Instead of put all the products on sale with 30%, you want to do something with it, create uh, something, an offer to your customers. So that's how, how it started. But that was just the start because when we have started to work on the dynamic pricing and we, we, we had solutions for that, we, we realized that this is much bigger. It's about the total physical store. And in fact, it's... It's about uh, not letting the physical store die. 
You mm. and 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 the physical store is not dead, but the boring physical store is definitely dead now. It should die. It should should die. But 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 we we want to help those physical stores. And and what we realized that okay, if if we take all the brilliant digital personal things that you today can find on ecom and make them uh, uh, alive in the physical store please help me list them so mm. for example dynamic pricing depending dynamic on pricing, who's coming to the site it's it's one the personalization okay certain offers tailored to who i who i am or where i am exactly um, exactly what are some other key features that you get online but which you do not yet get Yeah, I, I would say uh, uh, it, it's about uh, helping the customers with the things that you said. Personalized offers, that's one thing. Product informations, uh, uh, more information about the products, what other products they can uh, connect to. So you can combine uh, products with, with each other. Uh, it's for the store staff to empower the store staff because today it's pretty, I wouldn't say boring, but it, you're a little bit helpless if you are a store staff. People are in your store, but you know nothing about them. Right. So they're just walking around there. Like you see them, but you don't know anything about them. If if you compare that to ecom, you log in mm. to the ecom. So what this is, Storelands makes. Uh, if, if if for example, Klarna is the checkout, then Storelands is the check in mm. to the physical store. So you, we we kind of take all the digital components that you have in the uh, e-com area, put it in, in the warm welcome of physical. Mm -hmm. So in, if you, when you combine, and then uh, w if you do the check-in, then for example, when when you come to store, then the store staff will know that Hannes are in the store, and Hannes has checked on these things before, so they can help you in a much better way, and they can start to communicate with you also, maybe. Uh, connect uh, via your mobile direct and they can also kind of do top list for this store etc uh, etc et everything that can can be done from from a store and also work on the products combining them with with other products so so you have uh, it's a story about uh, the customer who needs a better experience better service it's about uh, the store staff who wants to be able to give service and know their customers like you started this dialogue today you talked about uh, a earlier time when there was a small shop somewhere and then probably that the guy who had that store in a small town know exactly about its customers so this is making even a large retailer be able to really customize right. and talk to the customers and then of course you have the headquarters always the headquarters so we have something for them also they can handle those stores as they are e-com sites so If I can try to summarize what this does, is that you no longer think of the internet channel or e-com as sort of a separate window to the business, a separate store, but you paint the e-commerce on top of the physical store. Exactly. Exactly. Fascinating. I, I, I would say so. So, but this is you're working on this. What, what what's your vision? What's your grand vision? The the uh, for Storelands. Mm -hmm. Sto uh, my vision for, for Storelands is, of course, to help all those retailers out there 
with 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 creating a, a great store that is personalized that that is not dead that is come alive and will serve the customers even better uh, than 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 the ecom uh, and it's also about sustainability if you can start to to buy the clothes directly in, in in the store it's maybe better than sending them all all around all the time so that but but the vision the real vision for storelands is to be the check-in for physical store i think that's a brilliant pitch um, now I can just vouch from a deeply personal perspective. So when I go to, into a shop, I uh, sometimes struggle. What am I looking for? So where can I find what I'm looking for? And it becomes a frustrating experience. And I ultimately walk out because I don't, I don't fully discover perhaps the stuff that I was exactly looking for when I was walking into a place. And it's a waste of my time. And it's a waste of the... Uh, the facility that stands there that was not able to serve me but you are certainly bridging that gap by allowing us to exchange data in a more efficient way yes so we, uh, we, we really think this can be uh, great for a whole uh, retail industry not only fashion it's al also about grocery of course in that area and and w what we know is that people tends to like to be in the grocery store in one way to f to taste things, look at things, but not necessarily bring everything home. So they kind of can scan, get the product information and everything, and then uh, click and say, okay, wrap it up for me or send it home for me. Right, so it's kind of like a sample or a, yeah. a showroom type yeah. store yeah. to some extent, right? I think also for, for cosmetics, it would be brilliant. Uh, you, you have small, very, very small cosmetic stores and you can have all these uh, features and then you can in the end uh, tell if the the store staff uh, should wrap it up or not because in this way you can also free up time for the store staff uh, so so they can even more concentrate on serve the customers and knowing the products makes a lot of sense hey frederick <laughs> uh, our time is already yeah. approaching the end but i i, I know you have been thinking for many years about these things and working on and testing also solutions and for me a large part of working with new tech is uh, about testing it and sometimes failing i mean that's that's the nature of being an innovator and an experimenter and an explorer really so you try stuff okay blockchain we tried for this ah, maybe it didn't mm. totally work out oh the avatars that's a cool idea but mm, it didn't work this way. Maybe we need to try that way next year, etc. So, but let's imagine for a moment that sort of your dreams and visions uh, work out the way you would want them to be. Can you can you describe for us your vision of going shopping, say five years from now? What was it like? What will it be like? I think the the vision uh, for me is uh, is like you know today. When you, when you do ecom, you walk into the ecom site uh, with 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 <laughs> your uh, digitally what, what's happening in 2025 or even earlier if, if you if you can use Storlands for it, then you will actually uh, step in physical to the digital ecom site. So everything that that you today see. Uh, on the e-com site, uh, m you will see when you are in the store and you have storelands around you that can visualize uh, all the products, uh, wh where they, uh, information about them, what what they go together with. Uh, you you can um, ask for sir support from from store staff in the phone if you want that. 
uh, you check out uh, either to at the till if you want it but uh, naturally e- e- even easier with 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 doing it um, uh, on on your phone and actually if if you want you can start to collaborate with the store you know a last mile delivery is very important so either the store can send it home uh, to you uh, but you can also actually kind of be uh, the last mile deliver yourself so maybe you ask the 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 retailer do you have some uh, products a package that you want me to carry home so you log in the bank either for example and you bring uh, out a uh, packaging from from the store to to its customer so you become a part of, of everything uh, Fascinating. Uh, so and all this happens because i have my phone in my hand yeah when i walk into a store yes. i pick up my phone and then I s- sort of look around through my phone at the store, and then I get different alerts or different sort of messages depending on where I'm pointing my phone, for example. Exactly, and I, I also I'm, I'm very keen on not using a lot of screens and stuff in the stores, but that because my experience is that there's a lot of investments. You want to take away those investments, so use the thing that people anyway use, and that's the phone. And let the retailer use uh, uh, the 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 customer's phone, and in 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 uh, in back, uh, the retailer should offer a lot of uh, a good experience to the customers, of course. Yeah, for example, uh, quicker checkouts, nice offers, and I love this idea of uh, someone taking your stuff home. I mean, that's what rich people always had, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah take the stuff back but to my hotel but now uh, now Hannes now Hannes can do it you <laughs> are shopping at at the at the H&M store and yeah. when you're in the till you can ask them okay I live in this area do you have any package I can bring with me of course Hannes uh, here are three different package we want your, uh, your bank ID so so we assure you are you and then you take it, you bring it home, and you maybe get some loyalty points or something yeah, for I that. get a discount on my exactly, offer exactly. or the other way around or we plant a tree Hey, I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Or plant new cotton or something. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or m- maybe I'm busy. I'm going somewhere else after doing the shopping, and I don't want to carry my bags no. because I'm going somewhere else. And then, yeah, someone else. Can and then me, Frederick, comes there, and, yeah. and they say, Hamnes, you know, he lives in your area. Yeah. Bring his. Bring okay. his gear. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Problem solved. Right. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. Interesting. So, the retail experience of the future. And one thi- more thing. Can I? Can I? Yeah, I think we need to actually work more on 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 the returns area. And the returns area, if if I can imagine the future, we could actually see it more um, <clears throat> like like um, uh, something something good because they are out there, they are close to customers, so maybe they can be a part of the quick commerce for the future. That's interesting. Well, my vision for the longer term would be that. If you have good enough exchange of information between the customer and the retailer, there should not be returns because people get the stuff they want and they need. Yeah, that's that's that would course. be the ultimate win. And if you have a good enough information exchange, that should not be mm. unachievable. Mm. That's that's even better. That's a lovely note to end on. Uh, it's been fascinating to, to learn, uh, to listen to you, Fredrik. Thank you for your Thank time you. to joining us Thank in Disruption Land. Glad to be here. Thank you very much. Good luck with stuff. And Thanks. everyone out there, we'll catch you soon again. Thank you very much.
Thanks for joining us here in Disruption Land. To visit again, just subscribe to Disruption Land podcast. This podcast is produced by Epicenter, the house of digital innovation. Discover all about our vibrant tech and business community and inspiring workspaces at weareepicenter.com.